With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the 22nd episode of the Pot Up Podcast. I am Matthew Passy. Pot Up is focused on talking to podcasters, potential podcasters, and the folks who create services that support the podcasting community. I am thrilled this week to bring you a sensational, inspirational, celebrational, and yes, muppetational podcaster. He's Steve Swanson. Is this thing on? Hello? Hello? Oh, I have no idea what I'm doing here. No, that's not Steve, but that was a Muppet emoji he sent me just before our Skype call. Steve is the host and creator of Muppet Cast, a show dedicated to the work of Jim Henson and the Muppets. He's also the founder of Flipper Media. He's a musician, producer, web designer. He also hosts another great show, The Backstage Podcast. You can find these shows at MuppetCast.com and BackstagePod.com. And you can follow Steve on Twitter at MuppetCast. Now, I had the great pleasure of meeting Steve and hearing him speak at the Mid-Atlantic Podcast Conference, and I'm really thrilled to share his story and his insights here on Pot Up with you. He's been producing MuppetCast for a long time and shares his amazing insight on launching that show, building his community, and, and most importantly, really taking care of himself in order to take care of the podcast. Now, these are all very, very important things that you as continuing podcasters or budding podcasters should be keeping in mind with your projects plus as always with most of the guests that we have here on pot up he's just a super nice guy with this amazing outlook on life so i think you're really going to enjoy hearing from him now before we get to steve we do have some news it turns out that pod clear this is a service that was going to do you know dual recording you know record people from their microphones and their location and then send the files up to the cloud and stitch together this perfectly sounding audio well this pod clear that we've all been waiting for with bated breath to come out it has been acquired that is right blab.im which is a, sort of a, a live streaming service it allows you know people to uh, almost periscope with other people and chat and do all sorts of things. They decide to go out and acquire PodClear. Now, we're not really sure what this is going to mean for PodClear, but we will tell you this, that apparently PodClear says it's going to stay in operation only until October 9th, and then they don't know what they're going to do. But they have gotten rid of any credit cards that they have had on their servers, Um and, and so we're just not sure. Now, it, this could mean that Blab is just going to incorporate their technology or Blab could be buying them in, in the hopes of not having any more competition. So we're going to have to wait and see. But I'm, I'm really I'm, I'm sort of sad by this because I was really looking forward to trying out PodClear once it went live. And uh, now I just don't think I'm going to get that chance. So hopefully we'll, we'll get some more answers in the coming weeks and we'll bring those to you here on pod up in the meantime at some point i will be experimenting with blab and hopefully we'll get somebody on pod up to talk about blab and ways that it can help you out now also keep in mind in the interview with steve he mentions PodClear because at mid-atlantic podcast conference it came up as a topic and as a tool that people really want to know about so when steve and i had spoken this news hadn't come out it must have been a day maybe two later that we found out that PodClear was getting acquired. So he does talk about it, um, but you know, as you know now, that's uh, that obviously that's going to change. Anyway, back to Steve and this amazing interview with the host and creator of MuppetCast, Steve Swanson. Enjoy. Well, folks, you've heard me talk about MapCon a few times here on the Pot Up Podcast, and it's coming up yet again because while I was there, one of the folks I got the chance to meet and listen to speak was Steve Swanson. He is the host and creator of The Muppet Cast. It's the first and probably the most popular and best known podcast that looks at the world of 
Muppets. And Steve was at the conference. He did a great speech on connecting with your audience and growing the community and, and all those great things. And, and he has an amazing perspective on podcasting and being part of his community. And so we, we're really pleased to welcome Steve to the podcast. Steve, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Hey, Matt, how are you? Good to be here. Oh, it's great to have you back here. I, one of the things that really stuck with me, and I, I've been dying to you know bring it up again because I wanted to share it with the audience, is that idea of doing something unique with the podcast every time. And it could be something you don't even think of that becomes sort of like your thing. And for you, it was your email address. What, what, what is that all about? Like, how, how did that come about? And, and when did you realize that that was your thing? Okay, so I actually, I didn't invent this idea, but I do really like the idea of, you know, if you, get, if you make your own website, uh, you buy your domain name and you do all that stuff, well, there aren't any other email addresses like Gmail. Your, your options are a little limited in what you choose for an email name. If you've got your own website, you can be whatever you want. And I actually heard uh, some other radio host who had his email address as me at whatever it was, whatever the show was. And I thought, you know, that's a great idea. If I ever have my own web server, I'm going to do that. Well, with MuppetCast.com, I have my own web server. And so that's my email address, me at MuppetCast.com. And it's been that way since day one. On the podcast since day one, I've read it. And I don't know why I took the time to spell it out, probably because if if you tell someone, hey, just email me at MuppetCast.com, <laughs> it doesn't really work. Like you're, you're expecting to hear something else. So I guess maybe that's why I did it is I, I stopped to spell it out. So it's email me, M, it's M-E at MuppetCast.com. And eventually the vocal rhythm and pattern just fell into saying, for any comments or questions about the Muppets, the Muppet Cast, or anything else, please feel free to send an email to me, M-E at MuppetCast.com. And I say it that way every week, and it's just become a thing. I don't know if you would call it a catchphrase or what you would say, but that's, that's what it is. And uh, so now when I, I meet people in person, when I have that privilege, and they know the show, and we get to talking, and th they're used to hearing my voice, and I have a very specific kind of delivery on the show. And so they say, could you say your email address? I just want to hear you <laughs> say it in person. So then I go through this spiel for any comments or questions about the Muppets, the Muppet cast or anything else, please send an email to me, M E at MuppetCast.com. And they go, Oh my God, he said it. I wonder if part of that just sort of goes to what, you know, the Muppets and Sesame Street and, and Jim Henson studios are known for, which is that, you know, educational value, you know, obviously not that me is a complicated word to spell, but just the fact that you're spelling it out, I think it probably just, it resonates with fans of this franchise. Because it just speaks a to it. Primary in there, yeah. You're you're probably right. So let's let's go back to the beginning. How did you first decide that you wanted to do a podcast all about Jim Henson and the Muppets? Well, that's a good question. Actually, the Muppets were not my first choice for this. Um, so this whole story begins right around December 2006. Um, I'm one of those. I'm one of those kids who grew up listening to a lot of talk radio broadcast voices, just fascinated by it. And, uh, and there's a couple shows in particular that really stood out to me. One, there's a guy, he's not broadcasting anymore, but uh, he was the original AM talk show host. His name is Bruce Williams. He's been on the air forever. And I would listen to his show, TalkNet, when I was in high school. I'm sure I was the only 16-year-old who listened <laughs> to something like that. Um, but the, the idea of someone who you're just there with a microphone taking calls from people and talking and making these connections just fascinated me, you know? And um, so along with him, another one of my favorite shows was a morning comedy show out of Indianapolis called Bob and Tom. And mm -hmm. uh, a lot of your listeners in the Midwest will probably know the name Bob and Tom. I'm in Columbus, Ohio, by the way. So they're uh, in our market off and on uh, quite a bit. So around uh, December 2006, they were running this uh, sweepstakes contest. It was a yearly thing for them. If you entered the contest, um, the prize for several winners was a trip to the Bahamas with the Bob and Tom show to watch the Super Bowl. Um, and it was with them and with some celebrity guests. And they're going to do the radio show there from the beach in the Bahamas. And you get to be there for all of it. 
So this particular year, I had never done this before. I'm not a person who enters contests because I don't win anything, you know? You and me both. Exactly. So, so I thought, you know what? Fine. I, I uh, went on one morning in December 2006 and typed in my information, hit the submit button. And a week later, I get a call from the Bob and Tom show. Actually, that's not true. I got a voicemail from the Bob and Tom <laughs> show from the producer because I was still asleep. And um, it said, hey, this is Dean Metcalf, the producer of the Bob and Tom show. And I wanted to call and let you know you're one of the winners for the Bahamas trip. So if you give us a call back before 10 a.m. when the guys are off the air, we can even get you on the air talking to them. But uh, you are one of the winners. So uh, do give us a call back regardless and we'll get that process going. So I won a trip. It's like, oh, my gosh, this is this is crazy. This is this is amazing. And it happened to be the year that uh, the Colts played the Bears in the Super Bowl. So me going from Indianapolis with a bunch of people from Indianapolis, um, that was a pretty big party for the Super Bowl. But the really cool thing was one of the celebrity guests. Uh, It was a guy named Todd Snyder. And he's uh, like a singer-songwriter kind of guy. And he's significant to me because... I listened to his records when I was learning how to play guitar, like way back in high school. And he's going to be there on the trip, which is crazy cool. So he was actually sitting at the table right beside me at the Super Bowl watching party in the Bahamas. And at halftime, I got to get up and talk with him a little bit and tell him that, like, hey, you're really like you are one of my musical heroes. I love your records. I listened to him all the time when I was a kid learning how to play and all this kind of stuff. And he Todd was uh, really taken aback. He was really flattered. It's like, oh wow, man, that that's awesome. He's kind of a he's kind of a stoner. Wow, dude, that's <laughs> awesome. So, uh, do, do you still know any of my songs? Like, yeah, I, I know most of them. And he said, all right, well, I'll tell you what, man, I'm going to be on the show tomorrow. I'll bring my guitar if you want to come up and play a song. I'll sing it on the radio. Whoa, yeah, of course, that sounds great. So that's what I did. Uh, the next morning, he called me up on the air and. I got to uh, go in front of the microphones with everyone there watching. There was kind of a little studio audience of all us sweepstakes winners, and they were broadcasting it live out via satellite to the rest of their uh, syndicated audience. And I played, and he sang, and that was a pretty cool experience, not just because, as I realized after the uh, the song, not just because I got to be up there and do something that you know not a lot of people ever get to do, but I also got to watch how this whole production comes together. Uh, for broadcasting, there's a, a big team of people. It's not just the folks behind the microphone. Right. And I, I had been listening to podcasts for a while, and um, that was becoming a thing back around 2006. I think uh, iTunes had just added podcasts to the right. iTunes it was just store. Just after the iPod had come out, and so now those were sort of being in, ingrained yeah. in the store. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, um, so after this whole trip had happened, and I kind of gotten that that really neat experience. Um, I was already listening to certain podcasts and um, I thought, you know what? I've been thinking about maybe starting my own podcast. Maybe that's the inspiration that I needed to go ahead and start my own show. And uh, I'm something of a musician and a songwriter and all that. So I thought, you know what? Let me try doing a show about songwriting and I'll just find other songwriters on the web. There were some good resources to find some music of artists who really wanted to uh, to go on shows and talk to people. So I found uh, several people and did a few shows, but nobody listened. And I thought, okay, well, this after about six shows, like, okay, this this isn't going to work. I'm not going to keep. This is fun for me, but I don't want to do a show that no one listens to. It's it's not fun to be a performer if you don't have an audience. You know, right. it's not very satisfying. Exactly. Exactly. If, so if a I'll, tree falls in the, if a podcast is broadcast <laughs> on the web and nobody hears it, does it really exist? Yeah. That's a great <laughs> question. Yes. Yeah. I think the answer is no. Yeah. To that. <laughs> so but, unfortunately. Yeah. But um, a lot of the other podcasts that I was listening to, because I'm also a big Disney nut, uh, they were Disney podcasts. So I thought, well, I could do a Disney show that would definitely get an audience. But there were even back then, there were so many shows cropping up, I mean, by the dozen every week. And I thought, I, I don't want to be lost in the crowd either. Um, but there's got to be something that I can do. And I've been a lifelong Muppet fan. I mean, ever since, you know, a little kid watching Sesame Street and The Muppet Show, it was actually 
the last couple seasons were on TV when I was small enough to still remember a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. And um, so I've grown up with these characters. And I thought, you know what? I don't think anyone's doing a show about the Muppets. And at the time, I was also I, I knew that some there, there were a couple podcasts where their naming convention was, you know, a descriptive word and then the word cast thrown at the end of it. I thought, well, I wonder if there's a show called The Muppet Cast. If there was, I'll, I'll subscribe and listen to it. But if not, <laughs> maybe that's uh, maybe that's the thought. And there wasn't at the time. And so I went out to GoDaddy and bought MuppetCast.com right quick and uh, went on to there was a, there's still another really great Muppet fan forum called uh, Muppet Central, which I was a member of. And I kind of floated the idea out there and said, hey, guys, I'm uh, I'm thinking about starting a Muppet podcast. I don't really know what it's going to entail. I just know it's going to be me and it's going to be about the Muppets. And if I do that, would anyone listen? And I got a really great response from that. A lot of people said, yeah, yeah, sure. I'll, I'm in. Let me know when it goes up and I'll uh, and tell me how to listen to it. And I'll, you know, I, I would listen to it. So um, I started out making the first show and it was all very experimental as all first shows are. Uh, I, I did uh, a podcast about one of my actually one of my very favorite Muppet TV specials. It's called The Muppets at Walt Disney World. And I thought that was a great jumping off point because that mixed my Disney fandom with my Muppet fandom and would kind of get a lot of Disney and Muppet people into the swimming pool all at the same time, you know. Right. Um, and it's everything is still out there. You know, you can go back and subscribe and listen from episode one. It's terrible uh, compared to what <laughs> the Muppet cast is doing today. And I think a lot of people feel that way about their first episode. But that's kind of a... Um, well, it's not a short. It's the medium-sized version of, of how I got into the Muppet Cast. Yeah. What's interesting there is that you, you know, you launched your first podcast just sort of as a passion project. You're like, oh, let me just try this songwriting. You know, something I'm interested in and people to talk to about it. But when it came to your second one, it, it's interesting that you sort of did your market research um, before you really cracked into it. It, it. Do you still think that you know that's important for any other podcaster out there? Don't just jump into it, but find out really if the market exists for what you want to do? I think if you want to be successful, now you can you can get lucky and jump into it and be successful. Um, but I think that's a lot more rare now, and especially now compared to 2007. I mean, man, you want to talk about there being a lot of podcasts out there. I think find something that you're passionate about, yes, but it's not just doing a podcast about, I don't know, being a car mechanic or whatever you, you've got to you yes have your subject your topic of interest but find your own unique spin on that and that's how you want to build your community that's what you want your show to be about um that's how you will stand apart i did it also uh people ask you know how do you how do you find an audience uh i don't know if i said this at uh at the podcast conference but you know what Hijack someone else's audience. <laughs> Go out. On these other, there's a ton of Facebook groups out there. Start talking to people in the Facebook groups that share the interest of the kind of podcast, the kind of website, the kind of community that you want to build because a decent number of them will at least check you out. And then it's up to you to do the good work that keeps them there. But there are so many places online now to find people who want to consume more and more content. Well, one of the reasons I really wanted to bring you on, other than I think you're fascinating, really nice guy, uh, I, I too am a fan of the Shucks. Muppets, and um, but one of the things I really wanted to bring you on for, and I think is important for budding podcasters and even existing podcasts, I, I myself uh, will probably get a lot from this conversation, is you talk about how do you stay engaged? You know, you went out, you you discovered where your audience was, and you told them about the show, but you it doesn't stop there that growing your audience and keeping your audience is just another one of the tasks of producing a good podcast. So talk to me about what are some of the things that you do and that you think others could do to really better engage with their community and keep them interested, keep them coming back, keep them as fans and not letting them, you know, just disappear, uh, which is, is very easy to happen. My answer to that is you will continue to, Keep yourself fresh. You, you'll you'll take better care of your audience and of your production or of your product, let's say, 
the more that you take care of you. Um, if you just force yourself to keep, you know, producing, 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 putting a new show out there, even if you're not feeling that like there's a show, audiences hear that and they feel that and they sense that, even if it's not explicit. And uh, so the I've actually uh, I've set down the Muppet cast and stopped production a couple times because it just got to a point where, you know what, I'm just not feeling this anymore. Uh, I'm not coming up with new material. I'm able to come up with new material if I really force it. Um, but, but you don't want to force it. But you don't want to force it. Yeah. Uh, that's why some people say, you know, the way that everything is moving is in a seasonal kind of format for podcasts. And I kind of do that. I've done that um, in several ways. And my biggest, my overarching answer is, you know, give yourself room to try anything with your show because you'll find so many things that work, so many things that don't. And then you'll find things that maybe didn't work a couple years ago that now work uh, for different reasons. You know, um, I mean, podcasting is another part of your, of your life. It's a hobby. It's a very uh, all encompassing hobby. Uh, it's a very consuming hobby. But if you're into it, you're really into it. And, and that's just it becomes a part of who you are. And uh, it's funny that I'm actually involved in a couple of Facebook groups that are for specifically for podcasters because, well, we know the pain. <laughs> <laughs> we, we certainly we can, do. We can talk about a lot of the same stories about just the process of production and the life and, and the structure of life that a podcast producer kind of has, it's maybe a little different. And it's kind of cool to be able to, to talk to other people who regard those sorts of things as normal as well. Um, so I've done a seasonal format where I've just done like six months at a time and then taken some time off and did another six months. Uh, my rotation, well, ac actually for a couple years, um, I wasn't doing the podcast from about 2013 to just the beginning of 2015, um, there were a lot of kind of wild and crazy things going on in life where I just, uh, I had to set them up at cast aside. And luckily a lot of my audience has been very, uh, understanding and I'm accommodating of that and have come back with me. And as a podcaster, I've also really kind of opened up about that, not on the Muppet cast, because I want to keep that, you know, fun, focused and all that. I actually started a different podcast called the Backstage Podcast, uh, where I talk in greater depth of detail with other podcaster friends, um, sort of about more the real life kind of aspects of what's kind of going on with me, what was going on. Um, it, it, and that's really fun, too. That's not for the faint of heart and it's not for amateur podcasters, I don't think, but, um, but that's been a very gratifying project, the backstage podcast. But, um, right now I think the rotation that I'm really happy with is, uh, well, I, so I start, I'm going to start every year with something I've always done. Um, and this kind of goes back into my, give yourself room to grow creatively and just get new ideas and try them out because you never know what's going to work. I do a thing. I don't know if I even talked about this, at MapCon, but uh, one of my favorite things that I do throughout the year. So I'm not much of a basketball fan. All right. So I, I don't really get into that the whole March Madness thing. Yeah. Okay. So, so, I mean, I know that March Madness overtakes the world for a little while every year, but what overtakes my world is something I created called the Muppet Madness Tournament. <laughs> okay. Right. And so I set it up. It's at MuppetTournament.com. We do this Every year on the same schedule of the rounds of the March Madness tournament, where uh, I and a few friends will set up the the Muppet brackets. We kind of uh, and this year we did something really interesting where we let we just threw a ton of Muppet characters on the page and let people vote for the people who would they who they would just like to see in the tournament at all. Okay, mm -hmm. so the Muppet and the, the fans control all of this. So they go on and, and they voted for the characters that they wanted to see in the tournament based on their votes. We were able to kind of seed out the brackets. And then uh, as we ran each each round of the tournament, fans would go online and they would vote for their favorite characters. Every every time it was a, uh, a new round, you know, we put up a new bracket with the Muppet with the right characters progressing onward. This is so much fun. Every year, because you never know, you don't know what's going to happen. You know, um, it's a lot of work 
from my side of it, I mean, I am on Photoshop nonstop. Oh, yeah, I got to imagine. Updating the graphics. and But this, it's another one of those things. If you love it, you don't mind doing it. Um, and it's, you know, it, it's something that I knew when I first got the idea uh, that it was going to be a lot of work. So I didn't dare try to attempt this on my own. I always do this in conjunction with other bloggers or other Muppet podcasters in the community um, just to kind of help spread it out. And it makes it more fun for everyone too, you know? Well, it also um, keeps it sustainable because there's nothing worse than starting yes. something, getting people's hopes up, and then not being able to follow through. And that's it. Absolutely. And, and this, so the, and all of the Muppet cast episodes turn into uh, very focused uh, productions all around the Muppet madness tournament during that time of the year. And so after not producing anything for two years now, I had come back, I'd launched, completely redesigned, relaunched the website for MuppetTournament.com, told everyone on Facebook that the Muppet cast was returning to do episodes about the Muppet Madness Tournament. A lot of people got really excited about that. We all had a lot of fun. And the questions started a-coming. What are you going to do after the tournament, Steve? Are you going to continue the <laughs> Muppet cast? Are you back? What's your plan with this? And, and I thought about it a little bit and said, okay, what do I want to do? And uh, decided, you know what? I'm really feeling this again. I like being back in this community. I feel uh, a renewed sense of purpose, a, a new energy about this. Yeah, guys, I'm going to be back. And I think what I'm going to do is sort of go back to a rotation that worked really well for me. My year, as I said a little bit ago, starts now with the Muppet Madness Tournament and ends. Uh, we're going to go all the way through this year, and then I'm going to end right after Christmas and take a little break and then come back for the tournament again. That's a schedule that seems to, to be working for me. I've already got almost all the Muppet cast episodes from here until the end of the year, all planned out, which I didn't really used to do a lot of planning. So, um, organ organization is, I think nice. It's probably optional for a lot of po podcasters, but the earlier of a podcaster you are, I think it's more important just to keep your mind focused. And uh, I'm a very right-brained person. I am very good at starting projects, very poor at finishing a lot of them. Oh, I know that. <laughs> uh, un unless I'm really, really, you know, nose to the grindstone focused, have everything on a checklist. I mean, I can do it. Uh, I do it for my business all the time. But for specifically creative ventures like the Muppet Cast is um, – I play fast and loose with a lot of ideas because it's just me. You know, my pot, I don't have a co-host. Um, I do have some wonderful volunteers who help me run MuppetCast.com as a news and events and a blog website. Um, but as far as any audio video production, that's all me. So I, I can kind of play jazz with that. So I've got to stay really sharp and really disciplined to plan out exactly what I want to do. Otherwise, it's just all going to go in every direction, you know? Well, and I have to imagine, well, one, who won last year's, I should say, who won this year's March mm -hmm. Madness Muppet Tournament? You know, it was kind of interesting. Uh, Gonzo won. Okay. And we didn't, like we didn't see him coming. But uh, he, uh, he started showing really strong in a couple early rounds. And, uh, yeah, I was really happy to see Gonzo win. And I know... Yeah, actually, past games are not on the website anymore, but there's a really great Muppet fan site called the Muppet Wiki, and uh, I know there are fan wikis for just about everything now. Yeah. The Muppet Wiki is one of the originals. It's one of the biggest, and it's one of the best documented. It's not my site. It's not one of my projects, uh, but as a fan, I'm really, really proud that we have it, and there's a page for the Muppet Madness tournament on the Muppet Wiki, and you can actually see a lot of our past game boards and a lot of our past winners. I've had some outstanding Muppet fan artists who have done the artwork. Like some, there, there, there's a great artist named Kenny Durkin who, uh, the, the last tournament we did a couple years ago, the finals came down to Rolf the dog versus the count from Sesame street. And he created like this boxing match, uh, tournament, like this boxing match promo style poster, you know, Mm -hmm. And he just drew it and he made it and it was outstanding. Like this guy's a professional artist and he's helping us out just to volunteer to do it. You know, uh, creative people come out of the woodwork 
when they know that you're at the helm kind of pushing the ship and that your work is good too and that you're a solid uh, a solid person in your community. Well, and, and you're doing it for such a solid entity. I mean, yeah, yeah. I know there's the Million Mom March out there who, uh, whatever. But the Muppets and Jim Henson, I mean, they just stand for something so good. So it's it's always easy to find people who want to support a cause that is so good and so noble and just and just so cherished. I have to imagine, too, that with the resurgence of The Muppet Show, that also makes your life a little bit easier in terms of Muppet Cast now. You know, it's funny. It Yes and no. It does make it easier in that, okay, so for eight years, The Muppet Cast has been around. It hasn't always been producing new episodes for eight years, but it's been there. And people ask, you know, how do you keep talking about The Muppets like before the <laughs> show came on? You know, like, what do you do? What do you keep talking about on this show? There isn't anything new, you know. But uh, a lot of the uh, a lot of performers have come on. A lot of, of the writers and directors. Um, I do segments with fans. We do things like the Muppet List, where we talk about our top favorite things in different areas of Muppet Dumb, like different uh, favorite Muppet Show songs or different favorite scenes from Fraggle Rock. Or sometimes it's an opposite. It's like least favorite things from The Dark Crystal, which is a movie that I'm really not into at all. But <laughs> it's a Jim Henson thing, you know. So. Um, so we still kind of cover it. So there's that, uh, occasionally, and this is a hard segment to do, but, uh, occasionally I'll work with someone to develop this segment where we call it made up Muppet show, where we take someone who has never been on the Muppet show. There were, I think there were just over a uh, hundred and something episodes of the Muppet show, maybe 120, but, um, there were certain people like Paul McCartney would have been an amazing Muppet show guest. Oh yeah. And he was actually back in the day, he was kind of interested in doing it. They just never got around to making it. So with someone else, I, I, we come up with, okay, so what songs and skits and moments would have happened in a Paul McCartney episode of the Muppet show. And that's actually a lot of fun. Uh, there, I mean, there are so many things that, that I, I've just been able to come up with creative ideas and, as a podcaster, especially one in a creative corner of the internet like Muppets, um, creativity is a must. You know, and so even I guess it's just a basic review of the show. Like, you know, I know that you have to because it's big and it's 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 got to be a part of your role. But I imagine doing like a weekly recap, which is a common thing of podcasters right. for other shows. It probably doesn't speak to your audience because they you've you've sort of elevated their expectations with your creativity. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm not going to, and, and to your point, I'm not going to be doing a weekly rundown necessarily on the podcast of these new Muppet shows. And as kind of the, the yes and no, as, as the yes portion of your uh, question earlier, there's definitely a bump in numbers right now because of this new TV show mm -hmm. on ABC. Um, and so now there's actually so much going on that I can't keep on top of it all, which is where my incredible staff of volunteers comes through. And they all kind of help collect all this news and these events and everything that's uh, that are coming through Google. And they write things up and they post it and they really help to keep the website moving forward where I can't always be the one to do that, where I'm doing the um, I'm on the multimedia front of all of it. Um, I am going to be jumping in. There's a there's another really really great Muppet fan podcast out there called Eleven Point Collar, uh, hosted by JD Hansel. You can find that at MuppetHub.com. Uh, not one of my projects. He's just a really good friend and does a really really good show. Uh, he and I are going to be doing kind of a sub podcast off of his website, kind of going kind of like post gaming the uh, the new Muppet episodes. But again, most of our audience has already seen these shows, right? So doing something that's a layer on top of that. That's still unique and creative and fun. That that's great. And there's obviously podcasts that are all about specific TV shows. There's, you know, game of Thrones podcasts and lots of those. Doctor who and lots. And of one of my absolute <laughs> favorite ones, uh, back in the day when the office was on television, there was a, a podcast that was an office podcast. That was one of my absolute favorite shows where you take a 30 minute TV episode and they would go for 90 minutes talking about the storylines but you know what it was fantastic like i looked forward to it every week i am not interested in doing 90 minutes <laughs> but you know what as as something that's kind of an extra bonus for people who want 
to do something like that. Okay, that's great. Um, but Would- that's going to be, you know, just a, a far kind of separate thing. Most of my energy with uh, the Muppet cast, I'll mention, of course, the new shows, and we'll do just a, a quick little segment. But now, you know, I still I have Muppet trivia and Muppet history and Muppet news. I'll do a little bit of that. Uh, and feedback, a very important segment. And I, I play around with segment placement on my show every week. It's mostly the same kind of format, but sometimes I'll swap out Muppet news for listener feedback. Sometimes I won't do Muppet trivia. You know, I have kind of a loose format of segments that I can kind of hot swap in and out. But, uh, but now, because of this new show and all this new attention on the Muppets and all this new attention on my and my friends' websites and podcasts and all the things that we do, um, I get I can kind of yes I acknowledge that there's a new show and hey since you're here let's do Muppet trivia and all this you know all this other fun stuff. We are chatting with Steve Swanson. He is the creator and host of Muppet Cast. You can find it at MuppetCast.com. He also does the Backstage Podcast, which we learned about here on Pod Up. Steve, I have the standard questions that I ask everybody who comes on, but one thing more about Muppet Cast before we get sure. to that is, you know, because you're dealing with such a big trademark and a you know powerful entity like Jim Henson, like Sesame Street. Um, do you ever worry about those folks coming after you or, you know, or, or I guess the, the better question is, you know, what's your advice to someone who wants to do something around a brand and an entity like this? You know, how do they do it and still protect themselves or, or is there no protection? Uh, there is none. Be careful. Okay. <laughs> That's my <laughs> advice. Um, and actually, on top of that, so I actually have met the people who are in charge of Sesame Workshop, the people, the company that produces Sesame Street. I've met the people who are in charge of Disney's Muppet Studio, which is the Disney arm that produces all the, the Muppet brand content. Uh, those people have actually been on my show before. Um, I know these people and I have relationships with them. And there's sort of an understanding that my show is going to be done from a promotional standpoint. I'm not coming in and trying to, you know, be snarky or talk about how awful this certain thing or talk about, you know, very adult um, joke kind of things around Mm -hmm. the Muppets. It's not what I do. I produce a podcast that's very promotional. That's a lot of fun. That's very honest. If I don't like something or if I think something can be improved, I'll definitely verbalize that on the show. Um, but what I do is accessible to everyone. It's upbeat, it's funny, and it's very much done in the spirit of what Jim Henson and the Muppets did uh, when Jim was still doing things. And it, it, they, the way they still do things today. You know, I do the kind of show that I think fits with what the Muppets are all about. And I made that very clear as I got the rare, and I understand that, the rare opportunity to meet some of these people and to have these conversations and you know what? I still, if I got uh, a cease and desist from you know Disney or Sesame or someone, I would have to stop doing what I was doing. And I've known that from the very beginning. But I think because of the nature of what I do and the, the way in which I do it and, and the way I professionally conduct myself as a podcaster when I have these kinds of conversations, I think that's why I'm allowed to uh, continue doing what I'm doing. Also, and people also kind of throw this in and I don't, I mean, it's probably true, but I really don't look at it from this standpoint. Oh gosh, if they shut one of these Disney podcasts down, they're going to have to go after all of them. And Disney could never do that. And you know what? That might be true. I don't know. Uh, Disney hires a whole heck of a lot of lawyers. So you never know. (laughs) Uh, But I think podcasting as Disney and some of these other companies have figured out, this is free advertising for them. What I do... whether I enjoy something or I don't enjoy something, it's still an advertisement for the product, the projects old and new that these companies are responsible for. And with, I can speak from the Muppet cast perspective, what I particularly think I do well, um, what I hope I do well is to pay homage to Jim Henson himself. And, uh, the show really serves as an ongoing tribute as is one of the, the taglines of the show it's a show dedicated to the work of Jim Henson and the Muppets. So as long as I'm focused on that, I really don't think about all the other stuff. 
Well, and it's clear that you come from this, you do this and you come from it at a place from love and respect. And it's tough to get mad at someone who's doing it from those two places. Absolutely. Yep. You nailed it. So here, so here are the questions I, I typically ask a lot of people. You, you already started to say earlier that you listen to a lot of podcasts. Do you still consume a lot? And if so, are there, you know, a couple to, you know, are there podcasts that each week you just, you can't wait to get the next episode of right now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I am, <laughs> I'm subscribed to more shows than I actively listen to. We all are. I think I'm up <laughs> to about 52, 53 right now. Uh, so I'm, I'm never going to be caught up and that's okay. But yes, there are certain shows that I try to catch as they come out. Um, some of them are of course in the Disney sphere of things. There's a show I really love called mouse rants, which is not a family friendly show, (laughs) but it's think of it as like, uh, Howard Stern, Opie and Anthony doing a Disney show. That's what this is. And I don't know if I can imagine that. Oh, it's great. It's fantastic. You have to check out mouse rants. All right. (laughs) Um, There's a a show that puts out a new episode once or twice a month called WDW News Today, uh, done by a guy named Tom Corliss, a good friend of mine. He actually started his show just after, I think a week after the Muppet cast started. So he and I have been friends from the very beginning of both of our shows. Um, Gosh, let's see. There's Lou Mangello. A lot of people know that name for WDW Radio. Mm -hmm. Um, There's Paul Barry, who does a show called Window to the Magic. And that's a really unique Disney show. That's okay. I I go down to the Disney parks a lot, more than most people, and I'm aware of that. But you have one of those season passes, I take it? No, no, no. I have a pass that gets me into both Disney World and Disneyland. That's the annual pass that I have. Okay. <laughs> um, so I'm kind of a fan of the parks, and a lot of people are. There's a huge, humongous population of fans that have, have risen up, and the internet has kind of made it easy for us to revisit our fandom, even if we can't be in the parks. And that's where Paul comes in with window to the magic. What he does is he has these binaural microphones. It's like, they look like earbuds, mm-hmm. but they're actually microphones. And he just walks around Disneyland and records the ambient sounds and the music and the attraction audio, just like you were walking through the park. Wow. So it's a window into the magic of Disneyland. Cause he lives out in California. So most of his, are uh, Disneyland focused, but those are some of my top favorite Disney shows. Uh, I love uh, the Robcast with Rob Bell. There's uh, This Week in Tech, uh, Mark Marin occasionally. Uh, those are some are probably one of my some of my top the the ones that you know as you said when they come out I have to listen to them. And then you know as someone who's been doing this you've been doing this for quite some time. You had a, you have another show. Uh, and you did one prior to this. So you're experienced with podcasts. What are some of the things you'd like to see improved in terms of, you know, the technology and the atmosphere uh, and just the industry in general that would make your life easier that you just think would make it a better experience for your fans and listeners? Hmm. Wow. That's a tough question. Um, I think for me, since I'm, I'm pretty adept with the whole production process, um, I'm, I'm still always kind of sussing out new technologies. Like, for instance, when we were at MapCon, there was something that uh, was rolled out that I had never heard of before called PodClear. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a, a site that hasn't really launched their product yet. But now we're um, all waiting. We're, we're all, all waiting. waiting <laughs> yes. Yes, we are. But, you know, it's, it's a website where instead of you and I getting on Skype like we are right now, we would both just go to PodClear and conduct the interview there. And as a podcaster, it's kind of a dream come true because it gives you crystal clear audio. It gives you separate files for each person, each each voice file. And then, you know, someone like me, I can go back to my uh, editing software, plug those files in and have much better source audio. That's one of the things that I really wish was a little bit more standard, standardized among different shows. Every show has their own sound. You, you listen to the Muppet cast, it's going to sound different from your show, which right. is going to sound different from Dave Jackson's show, which is, you know, everyone kind of has their own thing. And as long as they sound good, that's fine. But there are so many podcasts out there, as you know, that sound like someone is just sitting in their basement with the uh, microphone that came with their sound card. 
Right. The onboard <laughs> laptop mic or something like that. Right. It's just, it's abysmal. And it's a real shame because you know what? You, you might be really smart and you might be really, really good at what you're talking about. But if I, if you don't sound like you care about your production, guess what? I don't care about your production and I'm not going to listen to it. Um, so, and I think, uh, that's something that, uh, you know, the entire potosphere, if there was some way to standardize quality or, or make it easier, uh, to have better quality and, and there, in a way there's not, you know, and I realize that this is an optimal, uh, kind of situation that I'm describing. Well, but even, even radio stations to an extent, uh, there's a station here out of Trenton, New Jersey, a talk radio station that famously sounds very echoey. Now, there's not actually an echo, but it just, when you hear it, you you notice it right away. It's just a distinct sound from other stations in the area. And apparently that's done by design, so that when you are scrolling through this, you know, the frequencies, trying to find a station, as soon as you come across that, you recognize it right away, and you know exactly where you are, and it makes them stand out. So, I mean, to your point, no, I don't think the guy talking to his onboard laptop mic is planning on doing it but you know i think i think kind of having a somewhat unique sound um is sort of a a good thing you know i i like the fact that some now i'd i'd like us all to sound better yes we we could all elevate our quality together but i kind of like having a little bit of a distinction a little bit of a almost like a fingerprint to each show yeah yeah definitely and to your point also about PodClear, there's also uh, the Ringer app, R-I-N-G-R, which is great in a pinch if you need to get somebody on the phone. The 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 big thing with Ringer, same thing. It records one phone and the other person records their voice. Right now, there's no external microphone, so you're stuck using whatever your onboard smartphone device is. But at least it's, like you said, crystal clear. There's no Skype disruption, which That's nice. can be terrible. Um, yeah. a- anything else that would... Outside of the production side, maybe even on the fan acquisition side or, you know, anything like that, that would be a a boon or a benefit to you? I mean, nothing outside of what we've already talked about with, you know, ways to find audiences. People always ask me about that. And I always will direct people into, you know, the community, the other communities. Um, I, I, you know, there's always new educational resources out there. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad to always kind of point people out there too. There's, you know, there's books about this now. Um, I actually picked up a book when I was at MapCon, The Business of Podcasting. and Steve uh, Lubeckin. Yes, I'm very slowly working my way through that right now, too. But you know what? The other thing is, I tell podcasters is, give yourself time to develop. You know, you're not going to be 10 episodes in and asking, why aren't I making any money yet? Well, because (laughs) you're 10 shows in and nobody knows who you are or cares yet. And that's fine. Keep at what you're doing. You know, it's it's a marathon, not a sprint. And it's a very slow marathon. It's a very slow burn. Um, and don't push yourself too hard right away. Give yourself that room to grow and don't isolate yourself. It's so easy for podcasters to isolate, to isolate ourselves because we do what we do in solitude. You know, we don't have, uh, a laugh track. We don't have, you might actually know, you might have a laugh track. I'm not going to say, you don't, um, (laughs) you don't have that immediate feedback from an audience or necessarily from another person. Since I do the Muppet cast by myself, I sit here in my studio room in my apartment and that's what I do, you know? And I know that, uh, it reaches an audience from the feedback that comes the next day or the next week or whatever, you know, but, uh, but kind of allow a lot of space and a lot of breathing room in your creative process as podcasters and reach out, to other people, you know, there, there's always podcaster communities on Facebook. Facebook, for me at least, has been a great resource um, for finding people, for finding audience people, for finding other podcasters to, to talk with. Um, so, yeah, that, that's some of the things that I, I kind of use and that I recommend for other people. We've been chatting with Steve Swanson. He is a musician, a producer, a web designer. Of course, he's a podcaster. He's the creator of the Muppet Cast, which you can find at MuppetCast.com. He's the owner of Flipper Media. And as we learned here today, he also does the Backstage Podcast. And we'll provide a link to that in the description. And if you want to follow Steve, he is on Twitter at MuppetCast. And of course, you can always email him. He is me 
at MuppetCast.com. Steve, you have to spell it. You have to say it's me. I can't steal your tagline. I I don't want to have the MuppetCast lawyers coming after me for trademark. (laughs) I'd have to find a couple, but (laughs) so it has been an absolute pleasure meeting, meeting Steve Swanson at MapCon. And like you said, and like I we I, I stress it every week on Pot Up. This is an amazing community with really wonderful and mostly giving people. And don't be afraid to reach out for help. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to offer your services to folks because for the most part, we, we just want to be very inclusive. So it has been an absolute pleasure meeting and chatting with Steve Swanson, host and producer of the Muppet Cast. Steve, thank you so much for the time. Hey, thank you, Matt. This has been great. We'll talk to you soon. Just so much that I hope you learned from Steve Swanson, the Muppet cast. I mean, here's a guy, he he realized what his niche was. He remains completely dedicated to it. He comes up with new and exciting and creative ways to keep his audience engaged and build his community. And he's just a prime example of this one man podcasting machine, but a guy who knows how to get help from the community and from his volunteers. And here's what, another thing you got to love about Steve. Here he is right now. The Muppet Show is taking off. It's, you know, brand new. He could have such easy material to work with, but it, it, he wouldn't be true to himself and he wouldn't be true to his listeners. And so it, it's a really good lesson and an example of how to do this right. How to really stick to your guns. You know, promise your audience you're going to deliver something and then do it so uh, i really really encourage you to check out muppetcast.com we'll also take a look at his other project the backstage podcast follow him on twitter at muppetcast and do whatever you can to support this incredible podcaster and again just genuinely nice and hard-working individual steve again thank you so much for coming on now before we go as a quick reminder please check out the daily podcast the hillary barsky show.com that's h-i-l-a-r-i-e Bar Sky, B-A-R-S-K-Y, The Hillary Barsky Show. If you do tune into it this week, you will notice I'm not on there. No, they didn't drop me. Uh, I'm I'm actually working at Advertising Week doing podcasting there, so uh, the ladies are going to have to power on without me, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't check it out. The Hillary Barsky Show. It's a good time. And of course, thank you for tuning in to the Pot Up Podcast. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at Pot Up Podcast. Subscribe to Pot Up Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. And if you want to get into podcasting or recently launched a podcast, I'd love to have you on the show. That invitation also goes to anybody else who just offers services, technology, advice, consulting, whatever it is that you think helps the podcasting community. You know, earlier we talked about Blab. You know, if you think something that you do is a benefit to podcasters and you can tell me how, I invite you to come on Pod Up Podcast and explain. You can do that by contacting me through the Twitter handle at Pod Up Podcast or just go to my production website. It's mpassyproductions.com. M is Matthew, P is Peter, A-S-S-Y productions.com. And guess what? Tomorrow, another episode of Pod Up Podcast. Why? It's International Podcast Day. So very special episode coming up on Wednesday the 30th with School of Podcasting's Dave Jackson. In the meantime, one more time, big thank you and support to Steve Swanson of MuppetCast. To you, thank you so much for listening. And of course, pot up, everybody. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.